welcome to another episode. Today we are talking about the sweet stuff, um, something that is a topic I love and something I love to eat. That is your wedding cake. I have Christina from Blue Box Bakery on the line. Yes, welcome. So excited. Yay! So I actually know Christina from Seattle and she may she has made quite a few of our cakes for like our gender reveal and for Asher's birthday. And she's phenomenal. I love all of all the little things. Oh, and every time I have wine night, she brings over cookies, which I love. <laughs> um, but we are going to talk a little bit about when to order your wedding cake, how to choose, you know, flavors, when to do tastings and um, all of that jazz. So Christina, can you tell us a little bit about Blue Box Bakery and how you got started and yeah. what do you love so much about wedding cakes? Yeah. So oddly enough, I grew up in a household where my mom never baked. She is not a baker. She's an amazing cook. She actually went to culinary school in Seattle and she owned a restaurant my whole life growing up. Amazing cook, but she just didn't like baking because she doesn't like following the rules. She doesn't measure. She doesn't do any of that. And so baking never worked for her. So she just never did it. And she would make this one Korean pastry, but only for Christmas. And it was always just like begrudgingly, like it was never something she really particularly enjoyed making. So I was like, what is this thing that my mom refuses to do and can't do? And I just started watching a lot of Martha Stewart. (laughs) (laughs) Who doesn't love Martha Stewart? I love Martha Stewart. Um, And so, and then when I went to college, um, I actually went to Montana State University. I just found myself like skipping class and baking cakes and cookies for friends. And (laughs) um, it was actually a spring break where some friends and I went to New York City And we were walking around Soho and we walked by the French Culinary Institute. And I'm like, I'm going to just kind of go in there and see if they'll like give me a tour. And they gave me a tour and I instantly fell in love. I was like, this is where I need to be. They had a pastry program that was huge. um, And I was like, I need to be here. And so this was probably like my junior year of college. And I was like... I want to drop out and go. And my parents were like, absolutely not. And so I didn't drop out. um, But I did eventually go and... Did you go to the New York? I did. I moved to New York. And like the second I was there, I knew it was like meant to be. Yeah. Um, And then I just kind of started at the ground up. During this time, did you know that you would be going into like wedding cakes? Or what really pushed you to to start doing wedding cakes. Yes. Because it's such a big, bigger it's, like entity. It's a whole nother realm. And I always thought that the pressure for wedding cakes would be too much. Like I didn't ever foresee myself doing that. And even when we did the wedding cake section in school, I was like, this is a lot of pressure. I don't know if this is what I want. Um, and then, so a lot of the catalyst is when we moved up to Seattle for my wedding and, um, my wedding planner at the time, who's now a good friend of yours and mine, she was like, your cakes are really good. Uh, <laughs> if you decide that you want to start something, let me know. Like you should. And I was like, oh, like yeah. It's always just kind of been a side hustle, but maybe I will. And so I started like networking with the wedding community, 
And at this point I was doing like farmer's markets where I was just selling like cookies and pies and things like that. And I wasn't really doing cakes all that much. Uh, the networking with all these wedding industry people really kind of started paying off. Yeah, and I was absolutely. Getting wedding cake orders, and like they started out. I think the worst first wedding cake I did up here was like three hundred dollars. Yeah, but that's mm-hmm. like how many cookies, you know? Exactly. So it's, it's a lot of <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's like one hundred and fifty cookies. <laughs> <laughs> so like it was yeah, and so I really saw like the cost benefit of doing like one cake versus a hundred cookies. I'm like, this is something I could get into. How early should a bride be looking to book a baker? Because if you can only do like six or seven or even less, because if they're bigger orders, like, I mean, bigger cakes, um, how early should a bride find you to reserve you? Yeah. So I would say it depends on your style of what you're looking for. I think if you know that you really just want like a semi-naked cake or a very simple buttercream cake, just about every bakery in a city can do that for you. So it really comes down to your tastes and your aesthetic. So if you know that you want a really simple cake, you're probably not having to reach out super early. But if like, I would say it's, it's nice to give a baker like at least a month's notice. (laughs) Well, yeah, I would, I would assume so. You'd be surprised at how many people still reach out last minute. Really? (laughs) That would be considered last minute. I would say two to three months is kind of average. Um, but then, um, for me, I would say my average is closer to six months. Six months. um, I would say six months is a good, a better timeline yes. um, for any brides that if you haven't found a cake yet, I would, I would definitely say, Get on the ball. At, I would say keep six months in mind. Yeah. yeah. Because you don't know if maybe a baker that you're looking into is already full is already, for uh, that, especially if you're getting married during a very busy season where busy most season. brides. Exactly. Yeah. August. I will for our area. August is a really popular month. Um, July, June, July, August. Um, so it really, yeah, there's so many different factors. I would say like, if you're getting married in November or like, like January, you don't have to reach out as, at least in the Seattle market. I know other areas have different markets, but, um, I would say six months is kind of standard. Um, if you're looking at a specific bakery and you know, like, I love this bakery's aesthetic, I love the flavor of this bakery. My friend had this cake and it was great. Then the earlier you can reach out, the better, because then you know you're not going to have to fight for dates. Yeah. So I guess with that said, most of the time you want to do a tasting to know what cake to choose. So yeah. how early or late do you do a tasting? Yeah. So how I work and it, and it can go both ways. I've had some people that just say, I know I love your aesthetic. I know I want to work with you and they'll book me and they'll put a deposit just to lock in their date. And then we'll have a consultation that works best for them. Cause a lot of times they'll be planning from out of town and they don't live in the Seattle area. So getting here is more difficult. So they'll put down a deposit, lock down that date, and then we decide on design and flavors and, and flavors and at a later date. But otherwise, yeah, if you're reaching out at kind of that normal six month period, then what we always do is we have an intake form where we kind of ask all the questions. The number one is budget. 
um, which is not fun, but it's kind of the same for wedding dresses, right? Like you don't want to walk in to a shop and be like, I really want Des's dress, but my budget is like $200. Like you can't buy Des's dress. Uh, (laughs) You know what I mean? Totally. It's the same thing. Having your budget in mind. And I think people forget about cake a lot. So they'll budget for flowers, they'll budget for photographer, they'll budget for the dress, but they don't, but they'll budget for food and alcohol, but they never budget for cake. And I always say it's really, really important because what you're going to get and who you're going to get is going to be greatly dictated by what your budget is. And so I typically won't even give like a legit response back to someone who says like, I don't know, because I don't know if I can help them if I don't know what their budget is. It's very true. Very true. Um, So that's important advice to make sure you have a budget in mind. Exactly. And with that said, um, what is maybe an average budget that most brides keep in mind? Maybe that's a percentage of their total, or I guess it's hard because cake is also dependent on the priority. A lot of people do dessert tables with just pies and cookies. Um, So I think it is important as a bride to understand what you want first and also to have the budget in mind. But but can you give a little bit of a advice on, or not advice, but maybe some tips on budget? Yeah. Nationwide standards are kind of all over the place when it comes to like costs. Especially with market. Each market is so different. And um, Seattle is a pretty high market. It's a high market. um, But I would say for Seattle, at least when it comes to like custom cake places, on average, you're looking at between like five to eight dollars a serving for buttercream. That seems to be fairly standard in the area. It's helpful to know per serving because then you don't have to be like, Oh, one tier, five tier. Like it's just per piece. Like this is how much each person you are inviting is going to get. Yeah. And so I always say like about five, five to eight is average. If you're looking at a lower price point, like I have seen some places that have like $4 per serving. Um, so you're probably going to get a place that's using less quality ingredients. You know, they have larger staff, so they're able to like make cakes and store them so they're able to price point at a little lower of a cost yeah that makes um sense. but on average for like a boutique cake studio is probably going to be about five to eight okay um, some are a little higher but that's that like a sense. good starting point i would say um and then yeah and then that's just for buttercream and then fondant is usually about a dollar to two dollars oh, more per serving yeah that makes sense um that's a good kind of um base to follow but then Say for instance, I'm a bride and I literally have no idea. I have no idea what kind of cake I want. To be honest, I was this bride. Um, (laughs) I didn't know the difference between fondant and buttercream and sour cream. Like I was like all over the place and I was even in the industry and I just didn't really know my, you know, I didn't know my cakes. Yeah. So I kind of didn't care, but at the same time, I wanted to make sure I was getting what everyone else would like. Yeah. So when you work with a couple and they're like me and just don't have a clue, how do you help guide them to decide what flavors, what colors, like how does that work? You know, that's where the initial intake I ask. Oh, you're good at that. There you go. 
So I want to get to know you. I ask what their like overall wedding aesthetic is. Like, what do you consider yourself like boho or artsy or modern? Um, show me like pictures of like centerpieces that you love. Show me the picture of your dress, um, things like this. And where we can add small little details in terms of design um, that are unique and personal to you. That's cohesive with the rest of your, of your wedding look. And then on the side, I always say, um, uh, for flavors, it's kind of the same thing. Like, what are your favorite things? What is something that speaks to you from like childhood? Is there a cake that your mom used to make you that you loved or, um, like a girlfriend of mine, she, I did her wedding cake and she's like, I know like this isn't something that you do, but I just love funfetti. And I'm like, I'll do funfetti. Oh my gosh. That sounds so amazing. I just do like my own, I make my own funfetti. So, you know, so good. Uh, like, can I please order that from you? <laughs> because That sounds so good. Yeah. So it's like, I kind of, you know, it's, it's taking those childhood things that speak out. We actually had a client um where the groom grew up in Japan and we have I have my signature cake flavors so I always have a list of about six or seven that are always on our menu that are just kind of my tried and true flavors and one of the flavors that I have is a lemon cake and she was like oh I really like that you know but my fiance he grew up in Japan like is there anything that we can do to like tailor it to him and I was like, yeah, like, let's do yuzu, which is like kind of like a Japanese lemon. And it's got a so different taste. Cool. It's like super tangy and it's like sweet. Um, and so we did our lemon cake only, but with yuzu. Okay, and, that's cool. And it made it personal to them. And so like, these are all little things that like, as I get to know a couple, we can make flavors that are tailored to them. Yeah. And I think that's again, why it's so important to reserve someone sooner so that, especially if you don't know what you want, then they can help you. They are the expert. It's, you know, it's important to trust. I say that all the time. It's important to trust the professionals because they have seen it, you know, they know what to expect. They know what to do. They've seen it all. So Yeah, just the letting them too, work with I, you. Yeah, the other thing too I would say, and because we get this a lot, is um, like if you're looking at like a potential bakery's Instagram or social media or website and you're not seeing a style of cake on their website that you want, they're probably not for you. Um, so like on my Instagram, you're not going to see a whole lot of semi-naked cakes and it's not that I don't love them and it's not that I won't do them. I will. Um, but it's not my aesthetic. Um, absolutely. That's like with everything design related, I feel like with weddings, whether that's floral, whether that's even hair, makeup, dresses, like if, if the brand or if the company doesn't speak to you directly, then don't force it because you're also doing them a disservice because you're taking them outside of their own aesthetic to create something um, different. And it's just so important when you meet a vendor, it is like match for, (laughs) for vendors. It's like, (laughs) you know, a bride and a vendor, like it really is about matching together and being compatible and being, um, a great fit to work together to make it all a wonderful experience for both, yeah. both parties. 
Yeah. So when a, yeah, oh, go ahead. Oh yeah. When a couple's like working with a baker, I, we got married in California, so I never actually got to do a tasting, but I just trusted, you know, it was going to turn out perfectly. And my process went really well because I kind of just trusted them. But what should a couple expect? Do you know what I mean? Like what should they expect in the process um, of also the day of what should they expect? Do you bring it to them? What time they need to keep it frozen? Like what are some of the logistics when you are ordering a cake and what brides and couples needed to keep in mind when they are, because what if they're, you know, getting married outdoors, the reception's outdoors and they don't have a place to put a cake, like to make sure it doesn't melt or I guess, I don't know. Do they melt? Oh yes. They totally melt. (laughs) I'm just just picturing like ice cream cakes, you know, (laughs) actually had like a horror story, um, where yeah, cakes have melted and, oh, that would and be so terrible. this is all stuff that happens during like that initial consultation process. So we kind of ask as many questions as we possibly can. Um, is your wedding going to like, is your reception outside? What time does like the ceremony start? What time do you plan on the reception starting? And a lot of the like smaller details, um, kind of happen with like a planner level. Like if you have a wedding planner, um, you need a wedding planner. I, I highly, a day of coordinator at least minimum. At least. Yeah. That is like, I, I would 100% hands down say that if you don't at least have a day of wedding planner, cut something out of your wedding budget so you can. Absolutely. Um, It's so, so important. Um, And like, I cannot stress that enough. And I understand like not all budgets call for it, but like if I had to walk down... Just take a few people off your guest list. (laughs) Because you need a coordinator. It will make the day go so much smoother. But we will talk about that on a whole other episode. episode. Because it's really important. If you were DIY and you don't have a day of coordinator, I would say give your baker as much information as you possibly can. Like when is your reception going to start? When are you cutting your cake? What does your timeline look like? Um, is there refrigeration on site? Because I would say anything under 60 or anything over 65, 70 degrees in direct sunlight is a no-go. Your cake's going to melt. Um, I actually once had a delivery. It was a nightmare, um, because they told me that it was going to be inside and it was August in Seattle and I delivered the cake. I set up the cake inside. Everything was great. And then last minute, um, apparently the mother of the bride decided she wanted it outside. And I got like an SOS text from the planner saying like the top tier was starting to melt off. And it's like, there is no amount of engineering and construction that can help a buttercream wedding cake in 80 degree heat. Only if it's made out of styrofoam. (laughs) (laughs) Should not be the case. And there's totally things like if we know in advance, there are things that we can do to suggest like, like if you want your cake 100% to be outside, like, and that's like a non-negotiable then yeah, we would make a styrofoam cake. Mm -hmm to where it won't melt and then and just, just cut it one piece that has like like a like a piece of cake that you can cut into for the photo op 
And then you've got cake in the back to serve your Yeah, I hear that a lot. And also just for budgeting, does that cut budgets? No, it's actually a mix. More. It's actually more because you're putting the same amount of design time into it. And then you're also making another cake for them. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's actually, it's a total, it's a total myth. Um, It actually, I would say, depending on like decoration skill, it's about even in terms of price um, in the long run. Um, yeah, because you're still making, you're still technically decorating a cake. Exactly. And making a cake. So and it depends. Exactly. So like serving sizes, all of that, it really makes a difference. But yeah, it's not, it's not actually cheaper. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. Yeah. So how can a couple really help a baker ensure timely delivery and also anything else for preparation? I know a lot of that will be on the wedding planner or the coordinator, but just in terms of when they're, you know, communicating to their baker, what things can help you and what things can help them make it a really good experience. So for me, I always ask um, if it is going to be moved. So like if it can't be set up in its final resting place, I ask when a good time for me to come is because Typically, I would say on average, about 90% of my weddings, I show up before the ceremony starts. So um, where I set the cake up is its final resting place. So I'll come before guests have arrived. Usually I prefer to have everything set up, ready to go about 30 to 45 minutes before guest arrival. So that means I arrive about an hour and a half, depending on the, the complexity of the design, before um, guest arrival. That way I have enough time to get everything set up and leave and make a swift exit. And no Absolutely. One that makes leave. sense. But that's good um, for couples to know time frame because, and also to know, like designate a resting place for your yeah. cake yeah. because you do not want to be moving a cake around. No. no. And so sometimes that's not an option though. Like that's it. There's a few venues in the Seattle area where that's not an option because you have to do a room flip. And so in that case, I always come typically I arrive as the ceremony has already started. So if your ceremony time is at five um, and it's like an average ceremony takes about 30 minutes, right? I will arrive at five. So I will come at ceremony start time um, and then I'll usually come in through the service entrance and I'll hang out behind the scenes. Usually there's like a catering area, like behind a curtain and I'll wait until um, the ceremony's over. Everyone's cleared out of the room and they're getting ready to do a room flip. And that's when I will then come in and do everything and set everything up. And so I'm still behind the scenes. No one's seeing me work. And it's just like magic. This cake appeared and it's fully set up. I love that. And so there's two, there's definitely two different ways. If you're going to go with that later route where they're showing up and setting up after the ceremony, there's a lot of, a lot more logistics involved in terms of like, I typically, if it's a venue I haven't worked at before, I want like a venue map where it's like, this is the service entrance. This is how you get to the ballroom or the venue location. Um, that way I'm not having to like scrounge and find like the wedding planner while the ceremony's happening. Yeah, that makes sense. Definitely. 
but yeah. And so those are all like, I have, I have this checklist that I sent out to all my couples about a month before their wedding that has every question you could probably think of to make sure that like delivery day is as seamless. And my goal is on your wedding day, you don't have to see me. Yeah, absolutely. If you have to see me, that means I have a question for you, (laughs) which like, I don't want to have any questions for you. I just want it to be perfect and exactly what you're looking for because I already got all of my questions answered. Absolutely. And then for breakdown, do you come back and get your dishes or how does that work? Don't. So So they pay for the plat. What is that called? (laughs) Like the the tray? The cake stand. It depends. So some couples like the planner or the caterer will have a stand available for them to use. So they move um, the cake onto the stand? Yep. Yeah. Wow. So when I set everything up, I set it on the stand. Yeah. Oh, and wow. so different. Have you ever dropped a cake? Never. Oh my gosh. That would be never. crazy. I would cry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also have this contraption that's called the cake safe. And it's really cool. It has a steel metal rod that goes straight through the cake and it's a big box. And so um, when I travel with a cake, I could tip that box over and the cake would not move. No way. The rod that goes all the way through. I like want to see that in action. It's so cool. You should Google it. They have videos of like wedding cakes inside the safe and people like moving it. And it's the best invention. It's not cheap. It was pretty expensive. Totally. It makes sense. Um, but it was the best investment I made for my business. And it's made this stress level, especially with Seattle, with all the hills doing the delivery. Oh my gosh. It so many hills. made the delivery process so much less stressful. That's so great. So, yeah, yeah. I would say ask your wedding planner or wedding cake designer if they have a cake safe, because I have been a guest at a wedding where I once saw and this was like my worst nightmare. I saw the cake maker show up with their wedding cake in the back seat of the sedan. And you know how back seats of sedans they are slant. at an angle. They're at a They're angle. Did the and cake the angle? The cake was a disaster. So Why like, did they do that? It was not good. And so I always say like, you know, you really get what you pay for, which is like, like, you know, kind of like the most cliche thing to say when it comes to like weddings, but you really do get what you pay for. Um, they, I offered as a wedding gift, as the guest to like help, um, with the cake, but I was still a little bit outside of their budget, even with like my gift to them. And so they went with someone a little more cost-effective and, um, and it was a disaster and it was a little bit of a disaster. And and so, you know, I always kind of say like, you do, you get what you pay for, but at the same time, like, you know, there are always going to be people that are there to help you. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. You just um, gotta throw a few flowers there to kind of help, help things. But, um, yeah. So that's what the delivery process is probably the most stressful part of my job. Yes, absolutely. Well, these are all wonderful, wonderful, helpful things to know when you are deciding on your cake, designing your cake, and also for the day of to ensure that your cake doesn't melt because that would be the biggest disaster yeah. um, ever. Well, thank you. weddings. Ooh, <laughs> winter weddings. Then you, yeah, you don't, you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> uh, well, thanks, Christina, for joining me today. Um, how can 
brides find you? If you want to share your website and your Instagram handle, that would be fabulous. My website is blueboxbakery.com and my Instagram handle is also just blueboxbakery. All right. Well, thank you so much. I can't wait to uh, order another cake soon. 